0: Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. At Merck Animal Health, we're shaping the future of animal health with pioneering science, connected technology, and insights driven solutions to bring our customers an unparalleled portfolio of choices to improve cattle care and operational efficiency. We support you and your legacy by helping you meet the challenges of today. With the innovations of tomorrow
1: hey folks welcome to doc talk i'm dr dan thompson we're going to have a great show today dr che trejo is going to be here we're going to talk about receiving high-risk calves and their management stay tuned hey folks welcome to the show uh it's going to be a great show today we're going to talk about high-risk calf management and receiving we have an expert here that has we've had we've known each other a long time a long time yeah. dr che trejo uh who's a veterinarian uh, in, in florida uh has has owned receiving calf and buying calf stations and businesses in in the southeast and put a lot of cattle together but just a wealth of information when it comes to things that we go through getting cattle put together managing these high-risk calves and and getting them off to a good start so thanks for being here thanks dan thanks so let's start out with because as we were planning this it was you know there's different the the point of purchase and, and what goes on there can be so important
2: yeah, and that's a. I think that's an area that we really don't focus on a lot, but for the individual producer to have that relationship with his buyer is key. And we want to get them through the system as fast and as calmly as possible. And so spending some time and effort focusing with your buyer is key to that calf success.
1: Yeah, and and obviously you have a lot of experience with this, um, but, but as we start to put these cattle together, understanding where they come from what they're going through at that auction market uh, what they're going through at the order buyer and the process and that can be can be really really good and it can be really really bad yeah
2: that's right so on you know the ideal world if we're buying from sale barns is directly to pick them up from the sale barn and get them to your place and that's that's a hard thing to do in a lot of parts of the world because we have to pull from a bunch of different cell barns and so we use the order buying system and And then it becomes to me how fast we can get them out of the order buying system and not let them sit in those places just there's a lot of transient things that are happening those typically are high stress environments there's a lot of noise stress and so the shorter time we can spend there the better the calf will be
1: yeah and and so other things then you know obviously the transportation all of these things meld into that experience of going the what I call the kind of change of address yeah. of what's going to happen. It's kind of like a, a country kid going through the airport terminals and, and then landing in New York City, right? Yeah. And so how do we, I mean, how do you kind of approach that in a, in a systems approach before they get to your place?
2: You know, I don't want to just harp on speed of exit from that system because we can focus on those systems and make things better. We've all been to different order buying outfits, and they are different across the spectrum. But focusing on fresh water supplies and good hay provisions while they're there and the least amount of sorting and moving and clamming around we can do on them, the better. You know, a lot of guys will look at, split loads between producers if we can get some cattle shipped out on a daily basis. But I would I would sure push your order buyer to ship what he has for you that day and get them out of that system where they don't spend a night there and have to incur whatever's coming in the next day.
1: Yeah, and it goes back to that, um, the reason why people pay more for uh, lot load size groups Yep. And why we pay more for evenness and and things of that nature is because if they're even and we have a full load, they're going to get turned around.
2: That's right. And, And the dollars that we pay for calves matters how fast we put it together, right? So you might, and I'm not saying don't be frugal, but sometimes it's better to add a dollar or two to get the cattle bought than it is to peck at them all week long and end up paying it on the health parameters later.
1: Yeah. Great information. We got them off and rolling. We got our calves procured and we have the point of sale covered. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what happens when they get to your place. You're watching Doc Talk with Dr. Che Trejo. We'll be right back.
0: DNA Dialogue is brought to you by Igenity Beef, powered by Neogen.
3: When we have samples that fail when they come through the lab, there's a lot of common themes that arise. I would always tell people if you're sampling at birth to make sure that that calf is completely dry because one of the biggest things that cause contamination is when the placental DNA from the dam is still left on that calf. So that when you take the TSU sample, you're actually capturing not only that calf's DNA, but the dam itself. And a lot of times that could lead to a failed sample. Another key to success when you're taking a sample on an older female is to avoid punching through the tattoo ink that may already be there from her bangs vaccination. And lastly, TSUs can be stored at room temperature for up to 12 months. One thing that we like to avoid though is once you take those samples, make sure that you don't just throw them on the dash of the pickup truck because the sun beating down on them and things like that can degrade the DNA. If you're storing them for longer than 12 months, we do recommend that you store them in a freezer, but not necessarily the freezer in your kitchen. We like for them to be in a deep freeze, say in the garage or out in the shop, because that way it doesn't have that auto frost and thaw that could also lead to the degradation of the DNA.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're here with Dr. Che Trejo, who is a veterinarian. He's a tech services veterinarian from Merck Animal Health, that allows him a platform to help a whole bunch of us veterinarians um, in our day to day grind and and issues and and gets to see a lot of different operations but has a wealth of experience that he brought to this job uh through his experience in in putting cattle together running his own operation his own veterinary practice and things to that nature and and so now we're talking about we got him to your place so now what are the things that i need to think about as these new calves come off the truck and and where we're gonna put them and what we're gonna provide them.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into the receiving pen. It's, if you think about it, it's the place that gets the most traffic. Every calf that comes through your place is staying usually a night there. And so those, those creature comforts become all the more important. And where that pen is positioned is also important. Like, it's very common for us to do things that are convenient. Like have our treatment pens or hospital pens near the chute, near the receiving cattle. And we don't ever want to introduce new cattle to sick cattle on their first night stay. So we we can put some bad bugs, early exposure to those calves can occur with, without having preventive measures in place. So I really focus location, location, location. And then the other key thing I always say is you want a welcoming environment. Right. And and with that, you know, it's like you picking your hotel room. You don't want to stay off Bourbon Street in New Orleans if you're expecting to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have to think about that. And if there's dogs barking, feed trucks running, things that are occurring all hours of the day, that's really not appropriate for those cattle. They need a place that they feel, feel welcome, and we can take stress off of them, and they can kind of breathe a minute.
1: Yep, get rest. Yep kick their shoes off and stretch out and uh, recover. That's right.
2: If if you're bringing in a place that's full of mud and it's cold and wet and they can't lay down and they've been in transit for a long time, we've, we're we just adding bad on top of bad.
1: Sure. So, well, keeping with the hotel theme then, um, we we probably want to have water bottles and, and snacks set that's out as it. well, right? When the calves get there.
2: Yeah. And so cleanliness becomes uh, probably the most important thing when we're talking about those systems. And, and you have to think about it. If we don't do almost daily cleaning in a receiving area, then we're exposing each, adi- each additional animal to whatever bugs are in that water trough. And same thing with the feed trough. We need to make sure those feed bumps are clean and been disinfected. and they're Because going- it's hard to have multiple receiving areas for all the different pins that are associated on your place. So it's typically a one to two pin system
1: that right. needs a lot of care. Yeah, and I and I see it too. And you know, you the it, you know, you go to your your hospitals, your intensive care unit, right. and this is your your neonatal, uh, <laughs> you know, care unit of, and, and so your levels of hygiene and and cleanliness. Those are your. I mean, you should you do it in everywhere, but these do need a special focus. Yeah, that's right. So anything else that uh, you know? Location of the pens away from hospital, away from business. Fresh feed, fresh water.
2: Yeah, in the in the south we also have to consider shade, and and also where y'all are. You know, it's times a year those receiving pens can be unshaded and hot, and they're going to be through there in the middle of the day. So we tend to see. I tend to see more heat stress early in the year in that May June time frame when cattle still have some hair on them. Yet we'll hit some high temps and high humidity, so shade shade's important there. Um, and again, just that focus of we want them to feel welcome when they get off the truck, I think is, if you keep that in mind, that's going to really guide you on how to set up a lot of things.
1: Well, that's a great segue into our acclimation in the next segment. So yep. we're going to take a break we're here with dr che trejo thanks for watching doc talk we'll be right back hey folks welcome back to doc talk dr dan thompson here with dr che trejo he's a veterinarian lives in florida uh, works at merck animal health helping and technical services for veterinarians uh, all across the southeast and beyond Um, but he has a real specialty for putting together high-risk calves because he's run his own operation his own practice and and his experiences so you know we we you know we we want to get into these talks about the four color ads and antibiotics and vaccines which are necessary and important too yep. but but the stockmanship and acclimation and and husbandry and that cannot cannot be overridden or made up for by by management in a model
2: no that that's right i i um... I spend probably most of my time not telling people what the right medicine is to give, but what the right management tool is to use, and right. yeah, it's, uh, that's a big focus, and getting into acclimation, this is kind of a learning area for us over the last 10 or 15 years, and there's been some key people I think in our industry help to go down this path, and I think still it's a learning environment. You know, one thing I struggle with is... Uh, I'm ai am I want to get vaccines in those cattle as fast as possible but yet sometimes we need to delay to get uh, those cattle acclimated and I still struggle with that which is the right way to way to go there but we always acclimate and whether that's you know if a set of calves that has come in let's say on a Sunday and you know they were bought 6 or 7 days ago then getting the vaccine in them isn't as critical as if I'm getting them day 1 and getting them in them because some of that challenge they've already seen it now. So, with that, rest and acclimation is probably more important than Russian vaccination. So, I think we have to take each situation differently.
1: Yep. so kind of walk me through what, what you like to do with acclimating cattle, and, and what we mean by acclimating is really getting them used to you, right? Yeah,
2: that's right. You're you're basically teaching them that you can take stress away from them and you're not uh, endangering them and we typically will do this in a uh, a few acres you know I, I think a big paddock it's harder to do because they can get away from you some but also in a small pen it's hard enough for you to get away from them enough to uh, to make them feel comfortable and this certainly changes with the kind of calves you get obviously the the Florida's and the Brahma influence cattle are a little more fractious, and we kind of have to be aware from that. But we really are putting a presence in the pen that's taking pressure off of them and stopping erratic movement. And that right. that occurs day one. We want to kind of give them guidance. I'm not really trying to force them to a feed bunk or force them to a water trough. It's more. I'm in the pen with you and you can be okay with me in here.
1: Don't jump over the back rail. That's right. right.
2: (laughs) And sometimes you've got to get way away from it to have that occur. So uh, it takes somebody with patience to do it. And I'm not always the right one for the job, but uh, I think the right person is key on this. And so sometimes that's somebody in your organization who has more of a quiet personality and and has a little time that they can spend doing it.
1: Yeah, so so after you start to get them uh, used to you being in the pen and not scattering and and things of that nature will you then start to put them through some some exercises or or just some cues or some orders to kind of acclimate that hey i'm I'm here to you're here to listen to me now go yeah. from from a friend to a teacher
2: that's right yeah and and these exercises are really short intervals you know i'm i'm going to say it's between five and fifteen minutes is about all we're spending in there but and that might be once a day it might be multiple times it just depends on the group you can you can really see a frantic group once you have settled them down they'll pick back up that frantic behavior and you might have to go back in there another time or two during the day but you know really we will look for those few key animals that start the negative movement and we'll focus on them and so that is just really applying uh, or, or giving them enough space that they settle down in our comfort. And things like when they do start that negative motion, riding with or at an angle away from that movement to slow them down. And pretty much the group will follow once you get those few
1: in line. Perfect. Great information for us on how to transition those cattle to under our care and guidance. Uh, we're here with Dr. Che Trejo, we'll come back after these messages. Hey, folks! Welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Che Trejo. Dr. Trejo is a veterinarian in Florida. He serves as a technical services veterinarian for Merck Animal Health. Um, But Dr. Che and I have go back many, many years. um, When I had hair. When you had hair, and (laughs) mine had color. Uh, (laughs) um, But uh, you know, uh, just. Veterinary medicine, if you don't know, is is one of those things of fellowship and and kindred uh, spirits and similar passions, and just appreciate all that you do for vet med. And, yes, and I'm here. It's it's just great. And um, so we get those calves there. We've we've acclimated them. You know, it's you say it's not a one and done system. What are some of the things here that w- that we're going to follow up on?
2: Yeah, I think from that acclimation phase, just know that acclimation continues once they go out into their home pen or or pasture. And it's some of those same pressure movements just in a larger space. So again, I'm not really focusing on getting cattle up to the bunk or to a water system, but I want the cattle to kind of walk out of that receiving pen or acclimation pen into their home pen and not be a running force. And so sometimes that takes and somebody walking in front of them with a the horse. They'll typically trail, or once they get out into that pasture, doing some of those same movements with them to guide them around the facility and get them calm. And then we roll into what's important the first few days, and you know, you got that bad nutritionist background so <laughs>
1: that's right that's right my my conflict my constant <laughs> conflict of veterinary nutritionist yeah yeah
2: I, I do think we've been on the same page the last 10 years of trying not to push cattle so fast initially that we try to kind of ramp them up and it's at a slower pace and i, I typically will do that um, i don't want to try to be messing up their stomach at the same time that i'm trying to get them over their brd curve so keep that in mind i want to I want to start them off slow on rations, and I just want to have a slow uptake through that first 30 days. And you know that time and consistency is probably the most important thing, as well as meeting their nutritional demands, but focusing on a consistent pattern on your feed delivery is key, that those cattle are creatures of habit. And my golden rule is always you need to be within 20 minutes on a time frame of of when you feed that pen and if that's at six o'clock in the morning then it needs to be within 20 20 minutes of six o'clock in the morning every day so
1: it's amazing for me to watch cattle in a yard or whatever and that feed truck will go by once they don't get up it goes by twice they don't get up three times four times they know it's the fifth time yeah and when it's coming the fifth time they're up and they're waiting yep and and then if it goes by, they get upset. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so cause they're like, oh, oh, I'm not getting fed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, and you can always see behaviors in cattle. They, If you get them out of their pattern, then it becomes hard to pull cattle. It becomes hard to navigate who's sick and who's not sick because you get them out of that mix. And so it becomes extremely, it becomes more work on you if you don't do the things that are important the small
1: detail yeah and things break down but have a plan yep what's going to happen what's our backup uh, feed delivery system or or you know uh, days of processing
2: do we still have ability to get things fed at the right time that we're processing cattle so all those little things become important
1: huge uh strategic plan so any wrap up on these these high-risk calves or anything that <laughs> any golden any golden nugget that that uh
2: Boy, I mean, going back to that fix in the bottle, I I think we have to do things right on the animal health products that we use. But management, management, management is going to become more important as we look to get out of relying on antibiotics in the future and how we go forward. So I think really focusing on that welcoming environment is going to be key to success.
1: Well, appreciate you, appreciate you being on the show. We appreciate you watching the show. If you want to know more about what we do on Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.DocTalkTV.com. Always work with your local veterinarian. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Che Trejo and we'll see you down the road.
0: At Merck Animal Health, we're shaping the future of animal health with pioneering science connected technology, and insights driven solutions to bring our customers an unparalleled portfolio of choices to improve cattle care and operational efficiency. We support you and your legacy by helping you meet the challenges of today with the innovations of tomorrow.